Welcome back to the second season of Multi-Class Theater, the role-playing podcast with class and a six-foot-tall talking cat. Multi-Class Theater uses Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition by Wizards of the Coast and contains adult language, fantasy violence, pop culture references, and terrible fake accents. If those don't bother you, then settle in and enjoy the show. Last time... Rotan awoke from his vision of the goddess Taimora and wasted no time in finding Silway and Mist in his typical subtle fashion. The party agreed to travel north and help Rotan fulfill his charge. Along the way, they once again encountered Mugby, a wizard from Nightfall, who purported to be investigating the tower of a recently departed friend and the research within. Picking up the hero ball, Rotan, Mist, Silway, and Trevor, gods help him, entered the tower in Mugby's stead. They survived the first room, but it is clear that they are in for a dungeon crawl on Multi-Class Theater. When last we left our heroes, you were in the storage room following a harrowing encounter with several inanimate objects. You had rested... Rotan had found some new armor. Trevor is worried about Silway. And yeah, that's pretty much where we are. There is a door at the other end of the room. It's the only other door in the room, apart from the one that you came through. Everyone rested up? Feeling better? I guess so. Trevor, I'm not sure if it was a good idea for me to invite you along on this little adventure. Um, well, I'll just kind of stay in the back. Um... But that, that rug was kind of scary. Yeah, it was. I didn't know they could do that. I didn't either, but... Turns out, you never know. Magic is weird and scary. And there's probably more things like that upstairs or through that door or wherever we're going. Oh, okay. I'll just stay behind Rotan. That's usually a good idea. Trevor! What are you afraid of? Um, well, sort of everything, sir. Uh, I don't... I haven't really seen a lot of the world, and, you know, I, I'm just worried something's going to eat me, sir. Ah. Well, you know, if, if something's going to eat you, does it matter whether you worry about it or not? Oh, um... I mean, in, in the one case you get eaten while worried, and in the other case you aren't worried when you get eaten. But I still get eaten. Yes. Yeah, that that's the part I'm, I i don't like. Hmm. Don't worry, Trevor. If anything eats you, I promise I will kill it in revenge. Um, I don't like that either. It'll probably swallow you whole, and then we'll just, like, gut it and pull you out of its guts. No problem. Yeah, just hold your breath for as long as you can. We'll come in and get you. Would you like to just be less scared, Trevor? I, I would like to talk about something else. Yes, cast heroism on him. I want to, I want to see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to cast heroism on him. Oh! Wow! <laughs> I feel... I feel better. I, I... I think you're right. Yes. Feels good to not be afraid, doesn't it? Yes. Yes, it does. Great. Let's go through this door. <laughs> I agree. Rotan's going to move through the door. <laughs> Okay, well, Mist is resummoning Human and having him open the door first. Human opens the door, and oh. as you... <laughs> Rotan can't see this. He doesn't know. 
as the doors open, a spiral staircase is revealed behind it, leading upwards. Ah, more stairs. To the stairs! To the stairs! Ha <laughs> ha! I like your grit, Trevor. Um, maybe I should check for traps? Trevor already starts going up the stairs. Never Trevor. Silly scurries up there hoping to, like, prevent catastrophe. <laughs> I mean, you could run faster than he can. He's not running. Well, she's he's... not going to run in front. She's just going to try to quickly scout before he gets too far ahead. I mean, I, I'm going up, too. I'm, I'm in it to win it with Trevor. I mean, okay. she's concerned about you, too, so... Not Dad is going to mentor the shit out of this kid. <laughs> I'll have... Since Human is already there, I'll just have it start walking up the stairs, too. Give me a perception check, Silway. Well, I rolled a four. Crit fail. You're so concerned about Trevor that you don't see anything as you're walking up the stairs. You find your attentions divided. But she thinks she's being very observant and is convinced there are no traps because she cannot see them. Correct. You reach the top of the stairs, or Trevor and Rotan, you reach it first, and you come to a set of double doors. It's okay, there's no traps on that door. You can open it. Okay. Trevor yanks them open. Is he dead? No. <laughs> uh, the room is full, wall to wall, with shelf after shelf of books. The shelves themselves are all different in size and design, some being simple wood with little ornamentation others appearing to be chiseled from stone. Some are barely as tall as a man, and others stretch far above, beyond the reach of the torchlight which warms the room. The room is dotted with statues. Crouched upon some of the shelves are motionless grotesques, and the room itself is fairly big. You're guessing maybe 200 feet across. As you look up, you can't see the ceiling. It just disappears into the gloom of darkness. How wide was the tower? It's much bigger on the inside than the outside. Yes! <laughs> okay, thank you. Are the shelves only along the walls, or are they like, are there like stacks? There are, they're mostly against the walls. There is a cleared area in the center of the room, across from which you can see doors on the other side. Sylvia's going to quickly examine the books on the shelves and see like what their titles are, what language they're written in. One of the books you find on the shelves is titled Fire earth, air, and water. As you flip through it, you see some handwritten notes in the margins of the book that read, These creatures astound me, beings of earth, fire, air, and water, all conscious, all living, life in its most pure form. She scratches her chin and puts the book back on the shelf and says, No, oh, that was random. And then the Fire Nation attack. Are you all looking at the shelves? Uh, sure. I want each of you to roll an investigation check. 21. 11. 1. Oh. Natural or? 3, 3 minus 2. Should should I look at the, the books too? Can you read, Trevor? Well, of course I can read. Okay, well then yeah, sure, look at the books. Okay. Silway, as you're examining the books and digging through various tomes on various topics, most of which you don't understand because it's about magic gobbledygook and mumbo-jumbo and other things that you up until recently had no use for, you find a scroll tucked in between two of the books or on top of some of the books. As you look at it, it maybe you think it could be a magic scroll. Um, can I read Or is it in a language I can read? Or uh, It is not. Well, 
So she doesn't know magic, but she can't read. So yeah, there's words so on I, it. Right, but I don't think she would be able to. I'm fuzzy on scrolls in 5e, to be honest. Mist, what does this scroll say? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so just go there. Is it on my spell list? What, what's, a, what's a spell list? <laughs> As you read through it, you realize it is a sleep spell. Ooh, extremely useful. What is? Yeah, what is it? It's a sleep scroll. Um, it, does that help you sleep? Uh, it helps bad guys sleep. Uh-oh. Temporarily, so that then they can sleep forever. Oh, okay. okay. So you can, you can use this then. Here, you, you take it. And she gives it to him. Why would you want to sleep forever? It's a metaphor, Rotan. Oh, one of those things. Yes. He means kill. He wants to murder people. Ah. No. Okay. Hold on. You don't get to <laughs> no, say that about no. me. How would you make them sleep forever? I didn't say I want to murder people. Oh. I, um... I, I think I heard a story once about this princess who pricked her finger on a spinning wheel, and she slept for a very long time, but not forever. Does your spell scroll do that? Ooh, now I'm trying to now I'm trying to decide how deep we want to get into the actual story of Sleeping Beauty, because ah yes, Rumpelpunzel, one of my favorite <laughs> bedtime stories. Oh, Rotan bailing us out <laughs> of an awkward conversation. I found this book. It says Mumbo Jumbo on the title. Is that a is that a useful spell? Uh, actually, it's about a Silverhawks villain, I think. So, um... ah, I do not know what that means. Nope, that's a deep cut. Any rate, <laughs> uh, is there anything else in the room? Is there an exit, or is it just this massive library with no doors? No, no, there is. There's a double set of doors opposite of where you stand. There's basically a path cleared with books and shelves and stuff on either side, and a path through the middle that goes to the other doors. I think Sylvia's interested enough that she's looking around the books and just being curious and checking for traps or whatever. Well, Trevor, do you see anything interesting? Uh, not really. Uh, uh You know what I see? No. A set of doors. Oh. Do you know what we do with doors, Trevor? We, um, we open them. Ha <laughs> good man. <laughs> Broton's gonna go over towards the doors. All of you give me a perception check. Eighteen. Uh, eight. Fourteen. Mist and Silway. As you're looking around, you notice that next to the double doors on a table sits an hourglass. It's maybe about a foot tall, very ornately carved, with what looks like purple sand inside of it. And Rotan, you are going towards the door? Yes. Yeah, Silway's not going to stop him. Um, but she's she's going to go towards the hourglass and kind of pick it up and investigate it. Before any of you can get to any of these places, Rotan, as you step past the bookshelves at the perimeter of the cleared area, the hourglass moves of its own accord, flipping itself so that sand begins to fall from one bulb to the other. As soon as the hissing of the sand reaches your ears, you hear another, more ominous sound. Two grotesque statues creak and crack as they begin to move. They bellow a guttural, gravelly roar and rush forward with their clawed, stone-like hands raised to attack you. Roll for initiative. So where are these statues at? From either side of the room. They were sitting on shelves throughout the entire library. That's what I'm are they giant statues or a foot tall, like statuettes? I don't know what's going on here. They're, they're foot tall statuettes of giants. So they are giant statues, but they are tiny. Aha. They average out to medium size. They're medium size. They're they're fairly big. Okay. I would okay. say probably about four feet. Twenty-two. Fourteen. 
three. Silva, you are going to be first. Give me the layout of the room. Who's, who's st- Rotan's by the door, the statues are on either side, and then where are the other three of us? Rotan has moved towards the statues, so he's the closest. You were in the process of moving towards the hourglass, which is also on the other side of the room. Mist and Trevor are still amongst the stacks of books. And the gargoyles fly at you from either side of the other end of the room. And since Rotan was the first one to walk out there, they are flying at him first. I am going to use my bonus action to do insightful fighting on one of these gargoyles. Uh, So I get to make a wisdom check against the creature contested by its charisma, deception. And if I succeed, I can use sneak attack on it no matter what. Okay, go ahead and and roll. Wow. Um, (laughs) Eight. I rolled a nine, so I... I rolled an 11 minus 2, actually. I rolled a 3 plus 5. Okay, so that didn't go very well. Okay, well, she has no insight into this gargoyle's fighting skills. And I can only imagine what a dagger is going to do to a stone creature. But let's find out. She will uh, run up and try to stab the gargoyle in the back with her magic dagger. Okay. 22. That will hit. Is it near Rotom? You basically meet the gargoyle at Rotom. So sneak attack on it, even without the sight fighting. Uh, 16 damage. You hit it, and it looks like the, the dagger does a fair amount of damage. You actually chip off some of the end of one of the stone wings. She's surprised by how effective a dagger is against stone, but that's the end of her turn. The gargoyle that you just attacked, Silway, is going to turn and attack you. No! Who would have seen that coming? Okay, the first one hits, and the second one misses. As you swipe with the dagger and catch the edge of its wing, it turns around and chomps down on your shoulder, and you take four points of damage. Silway! Ow! Stupid rock monster. Next up is Trevor, who attacks the one that just hit you, Silway, and misses. Nice try, Trevor. I will shift my hex to the one that's on Silway. And let's go ahead and give it a disadvantage on charisma rolls. And uh, then I will give it the old double guns. Pew, pew. Now I just hear that sound effect in my head every time you... Pew, pew? No, the Eldritch Blast sound effect that I use in the show. Does a 17 hit? Yes, it does. So that will be a total of 20... To force damage and six necrotic damage. You clobber it with two Eldritch Blasts, and it's bobbing up and down. You hurt it pretty badly. The other one is going to attack Rotom. It misses both times, huh. as the stone claws and the bite just clink off your lovely new armor. I will attack. That is uh, 20. That will hit. swing. I want to uppercut this stone creature. That is going to be 10 damage. Eight with my offhand. That will not hit. Try an uppercut again, but (laughs) it is unsuccessful for obvious reasons. And then that is a 17 with my second attack. That will hit. It's the opposite of an uppercut. A A downward strike. That is going to be seven damage. You give that gargoyle two smacks to the head, one up and one down, and it shakes its head and glares at you to the extent that a stone statue can glare. But Silway, it is your attack. Stab at the one that's attacking her. I rolled a 20. That will hit. I'm opting not to sneak attack 
So six damage to it. That's enough to kill it. So why don't you tell me how you kill it? I think she actually turns the the dagger around and like smacks it with the hilt. So like bludgeoning damage. And that is enough to crack its face. You turn around and backhand it with the hilt of the dagger. And you catch it in right where the jaw connects to the skull. And the jaw breaks off. And then the gargoyle falls to the ground with a loud thud. And then she runs over to the run that's hitting Rotan and does her offhand attack with that one. Ten! That will miss. Well, she tried. That's the end of her turn. It's a good try. Rotan, the one attacking you is going to attack. It goes to attack you and it crunches down on your bicep, but you feel nothing. The armor absorbs all of the blow. And when it opens its mouth again, you see it has no teeth. (laughs) And then it swipes at you with a claw and misses as well. Yes, I like the armor too. (laughs) So now Trevor is going to swing at the gargoyle. Ooh, Trevor hits it. Does he do like two damage to it? He does, yes, two damage to it. But he's feeling very emboldened. Is he still heroic or is that worn off? (laughs) No, that's worn off. But he's, he's... He's trying. Like when he saw when when he saw you get bit by the gargoyle, that inspired him. He's gonna get killed this dungeon. He's so dead. <laughs> Mist uh, points at the last gargoyle and gives it the old evil monkey from Family Guy look, uh, transferring the hex to it now. Um, we'll keep it, it. We'll keep giving it a disadvantage on charisma. And while he's pointing with one finger, he brings up the other. And pow-pow. Let's see what happens. Ooh, one of those is a natural 20. That will definitely hit. And then does a, does a 15 hit? Yes, a 15 will hit as well. Okay, so that's going to be 8 necrotic, and then 29 uh, force damage. So a total of 37 points of damage? 37 points of damage. You hit it with double blasts and obliterate it. If you want to narrate that, feel free. It just explodes into little bits of stone just shatters. Fair enough. Do you want to roll a die too? Yes, I do. Somebody somebody is batting at the dice in my dice tray. You're standing there feeling very proud of yourselves for how easy it was to take out those two creatures when suddenly two more of the statues come to life and launch from the shelves at you. Yeah, that seems about right. Roll for initiative. Eight. Nine. Thirteen. The gargoyle is going to go first. Don't say. And it's going to go after Rotan. It flies at you, Rotan, and swings with its claw and tries to bite at you, but you're able to parry it away. Try this on for size. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve will not be good enough. You swing back at it and miss it. It just dances up out of your path of your hammer. Ah, feisty bugger. Just the one attack, or? Oh, uh, that's right. I get another attack. Uh, cool. Uh, this is an 18. That will hit. Second attack. I jump up and just barely clip it for four as it tries to fly out of reach. So one is on Rotan and the other one has not had a chance to act yet? That is correct. Um, I'm going to put a hex on that one. On the other one? Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty much feel just like a turret, just rotating around, and I'm now going to kill you, and I'm going to kill you, and... uh. In the words of the great magnitude, pop, pop. 20 and 21 will hit, right? 
Both will hit, yes. 17 force and 7 necrotic, so 24 total. So which one? The one with Roton or the other one? The other one. Other one, okay. He's tanking. That's his job. I'm going to take care of the ads. Oh. <laughs> you hit it hard twice and catch its attention. And you see it turn and start flying towards you. But before it reaches you, Trevor is going to take a swing at the one on Roton. And he hits it for another two points of damage. Well, you know, it's a thought that counts. He's helping. Sylvie is going to spend her turn investigating that uh, hourglass. Okay. Going over to it and like, can can she pick it up? Can she manipulate it? You can pick it up. She will pick it up and turn it back the direction it was when they came in the room. And then set it back down. It was about halfway between the two bulbs when you do that. All right, so you turn it over and set it back down. Okay, sounds good. All right, so the gargoyle is going after you, Mist. It tries to bite at you, and you duck it, but then it rakes a claw out and catches you right across the upper arm. Rude. And you take five points of damage. Really rude. And that brings us back around to the other gargoyle that's on Rotan. Yet again, Rotan, this one goes to bite you and chomps down on your forearm, and when it opens its mouth, its teeth are shattered. Let me show you how it's done. That's a 23? I thought you were going to bite him back. <laughs> uh, are you considering it now? <laughs> you... <laughs> no, no, you, you you presented me with a dilemma. Uh, no, I probably... No, I don't think Roton. <laughs> no. Uh, he's not that feral. He's just not quick. Uh... <laughs> And then Rotan loses all of his teeth. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say, then we explore medieval insane. dentistry. Oh, yeah. This is a dentistry podcast now. Uh, that's that's eight damage. Okay. I swing with the other hammer, and that's going to be a 21. That will hit as well. Uh, for 10 points of damage. Okay. And then my swing with the first hand again. Uh, roll a natural one. <laughs> And that hammer goes flying. After the first time you struck with that hammer, it you hit it hard, but the vibration from the stone was so severe that it caused you to drop the hammer. But not in a good way. No, not in a good way. Well, since the kid's been having luck with this, and I haven't used them all campaign, I am going to draw my daggers and snicker-snack this mother... Um, flapper... We'll do the main hand attack. Uh, that's a, a 23. That will hit. Which will hit. And then we'll do the offhand, which is uh, definitely going to hit. That's a 26. Yep, they will both hit. Eight piercing damage and four necrotic damage. You hit it twice. It's it's still hanging in there. Now it is Trevor's. He swings at the one on Rotan and connects and hits it for four points of damage. I think uh, since her... Investigation hourglass didn't go anywhere. She's going to try to help out Trevor by stabbing the thing that he's stabbing. Clubbing, to be fair. Oh, Trevor's clubbing it, yes. I twenty-six. That will hit. Fourteen damage. You hit it and it's looking it's looking pretty weak. Offhand. Seventeen. That will hit. Two more damage. It's still up in the air, but it's it's looking very hurt. It's bobbing and weaving and sort of looks like a bee in flight where it's sort of all over the place. One of the gargoyles is attacking Mist. So, Mist, it zooms in on you, bites you, and then digs its claw right into your back. Rude. How bad? 
10 points of damage. Ouch. And so wait, you see this gargoyle just clamped on the mist. Ugh. I'm picturing a, like a pit bull shaking his arm. The other one attacking Rotan. It misses with its bite and misses again with its claw. That is an 11 with my first swing. Oh, whoops. I get to use an... I, uh... Sorry, I want to use... I should have done this before. Um, I'm going to use my Misty Escape to uh, poof 60 feet away from the gargoyle that's been slashing at me. I should have done it after the first attack. Okay. Where are you going to poof to? Back towards where we first came in. Okay, so you poof away from it. Okay, so Rotan, uh, 11 on your first swing. You miss. On my second attack is a 19. That will hit. 10 more points of damage. How about, what do you describe? You um, you kill it. I clobber it in the head. <laughs> All right, and you knock it out of the air, and it goes crashing into the ground. So there's one left, which is now about 60 feet away from mist and equidistant between... Well, not equidistant. It's closer to the rest of you, but it's away from where the three of you are standing. Yeah, yeah. Well, from here, we don't need no stinking daggers. So, uh, Eldritch Blast time. Uh, natural 20 and a 15. Those both hit. 21 force damage. You kill it. So go ahead and tell me how that looks. It is kind of still in this hunched over position where it thought it was on my back. And then uh, I poof away, uh, leaving it kind of looking confused. And it turns over its shoulder just in time to see the two blasts hit it and... Uh, disintegrate it. And we'll go with, uh, that's the way the monster crumbles. You're stone-cold killer, Mist. Ah. <laughs> Damn it! That was a metaphor. <laughs> I think. Okay, so, um, as the last one falls to the ground, uh, y- you hear Trevor say, um, guys, the the hourglass is empty now. I I think that's a good thing, Maybe. Uh, I don't know. Let's see if we can leave this room. Silway heads towards the door. Okay, you open the door, and it uh, opens onto another stairway, which twists up higher into this already absurd tower. Silway, wait, wait up! Everyone, there's there's more stairs, come on! Rotan doesn't need asking twice. Well, Silway will head up the stairs first, looking for traps. (laughs) Okay, give me a... um, Perception, I guess, or invest. I don't even know what fine traps is. In- Natural 20. Okay. Uh, you're scanning the stairs as you walk, and you are very confident that you do not see any traps. Well, what are you looking for? What am I looking for? For traps. But, but every room seems to have been trapped so far. Right, so that's why I'm looking for them. What are you saying, Trevor? Are you doubting my trap-finding abilities? No, no, I, I would never doubt you. I just I just was trying to learn. Ah, that's an excellent idea. Silway, show us how you look for traps. Well, there's nothing really to it besides <laughs> just looking around and seeing what you see. Trevor starts looking around. Oh, I see some walls, and I think that's a cobweb. And he kind of bounces up on the stairs a little bit, up and down. Um, the stairs seem sturdy. I don't see any traps either. Neither do I, so there are no traps here. When I find a trap, I will show it to you so you know what they look like, and that way in the future you can look for more of those and avoid them. I think this will be a great and educational exercise. Well, sure. 
Professor Silly is not, not as enthused. You follow the path of the stairs up towards the top, and you come to another pair of double doors. Check for traps. Go ahead and roll. Critical failure. God damn it. I get feast or famine here. You are also very confident here that you have discovered no traps. Okay, so see these doors? Look around. Uh-huh. You don't see okay. any. Look, there's no, there's no, nothing at the bottom. You don't see any traps here. So these doors are safe. And she pushes it open. Okay. You open the doors, and in stark contrast to the previous floors, this one opens into what appears to be a lush and verdant forest. You could hear insects buzzing around you and birds singing from the tops of the tall trees. A path cuts through the forest before you as what appears to be sunlight streams through the canopy above. Um, what what just happened? Ugh, I hate wizards. They're so weird. So are we outside again? I, I don't know. Are we outside? Is there like fresh air? Is there wind blowing? As far as you can tell, you feels like you're outside. Uh, if you want to try an arcana check. Uh, sure. Why not? 16. As you kind of look around at the forest and the sunlight, it's pretty clear that it's all magical. Uh, you reach down and you touch the grass, and it, it's real. It's not an illusion, but, like, the sunlight is magical. This is, this is very strange. I, don't, I think we're still inside. This is weird. What, Rotan, Mist, what do you two think? Mist is going to climb the tallest tree that he can find. I've read about these things in stories. Give me a climbing check, an athletics check. All right, natural 20. Okay, you quickly scale up one of the large trees. Oh, he's going to get stuck up there. <laughs> <laughs> Gruber would no doubt make a comment about that, but he is not here. So you scale all the way up to the top of one of the tallest trees, or one of the nearby trees. And when you get up there, you look up into the air, and to you it appears that the sky is above you. And when you look down at the forest floor, it looks as if you are looking down at an actual forest. But when you look around the sides of the room, you see the walls of the tower itself surrounding this magical place. Okay, so so we're still in the tower. Um, this is just a room in the tower that's filled with trees. Um, Rotat, when you say you've read about things like these in stories, do you mean... Magical rooms inside towers, or do you mean actual forests? Both! But, but what do you know about magical forests inside towers? Do you think I've never been in a forest before, Silway? I just, I don't know what you meant by I read about this. Maybe this means forests. I don't know. Our first encounter was in a forest. Okay, but more importantly, have you read about magical forests that exist inside towers? Yes. What, what do you know about them? Oh, sometimes they're all, they're all a magical force in towers. Yes, we read about them in adventure stories sometimes. I'd like to read these stories. Oh, they're very good. Do the stories end well for the, the heroes? Oh, well, um, it depends on which ones you read. There's some out there that are quite grim. <laughs> oh. How do we not do the things that those stories do? With two M's. Uh, hmm, interesting. We can either, uh, well, it depends. Uh, the first thing will be to figure out what sort of magical forest we are in. 
And then once we've done that, we can either we can either destroy the illusion, or we can find a way out, or we can wake up. Those are typically the three options available to us in situations like this. Are we sleeping? Rotan pinches him. Is Rotan sleeping? <laughs> Uh, that's a 13 versus my cheek. <laughs> you, you feel pain. You are not sleeping. I do not believe we are sleeping. This is not vivid in the same way a dream would be. Silway calls up to the top of the tree. Mist, can, can you dispel magic like you did the other day? Uh, I can try, but this is a huge forest. Uh, and is the door behind us? Yeah, the door is behind you. There's a path through this forest. Yes. Yes, there's a path through. Plus, I'm not sure the forest itself is magical. Uh, Rotan hits a tree with one of his hammers. Uh, give me a strength check. Uh, 23. You hit the tree hard, and it... The bark cracks all around it. And there was a flock of birds nesting in the top of the tree, and they scatter once you hit the tree. Oh, sorry. Seems real enough. Guys, do, do you hear that? Natural 20. Uh, everyone give me a perception check. So Rotan actually does hear something. Uh, 16. She's 8. Silway and Rotan, you hear creaking and crackling of wood as it seems like something is moving through the forest. I think we should leave this room as fast as possible. Are you saying we're going into the woods? I would never use that sort of specific language. <laughs> and out of the woods. But but will we be home before it gets dark? I hope so. Silly refuses to participate in <laughs> Everyone needs something they can't participate in, I guess. Harry Potter into the woods are my two things. Okay, so everybody make a perception check again. 25. Dirty 20. A 5. Oh, dirty 20. Silway, you are already looking around, having heard uh, the cracking and creaking coming from the forest. Miss, seeing Silway uh, on alert, you start to scan the forest as well. When both of you start to see what almost looks like the trees themselves and plants and small branches come to life and are moving through the trees towards you. Roll for initiative. Ah. 19. Also 19. 17. Wow, guys are rolling well. I have 18 decks. So wait, everything's moving towards us? No, no. You see a lot of shapes moving through the, the forest at you. And they're all like animated plants and things? Like a Fantasia film? Not quite that happy, I would say. <laughs> okay. More like, like, a, like ho a, a horror Fantasia movie. Film. Yes, exactly. Yeah, okay. I'm getting a real final walk of the tree vibe from this, guys. Everything appears to be small or medium-sized. None of the trees themselves are actually coming to life. I, I think we need to get out of the room as fast as possible. Oh, okay. Should I run up the path? Yeah, let's go. Everyone, let's, let's go. Let's quickly go. Before these things get to us. Okay, Trevor takes up off the path. He actually goes into... He kind of ducks into the forest a little bit. He went off the path, did it, Trevor? A little bit, but he's uh, you, he, he kind of ducks into the forest, then you lose sight of him. Can I, like, acrobatically swing down out of the trees and use my feline agility to bolt for the far side of the room? 
Give me an athletics ch- acrobatics check. Natural 20. I was going to say, can he make it with advantage because he always lands on his feet? <laughs> you go full Assassin's Creed, and you jump from one tree to the other, grab a vine, swing down, hit the forest floor, and sprint. There's a hay wagon there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, just randomly. On, on the ground, you guys hear, Parkour! <laughs> the forest is huge. The, the room is very, very big. So you're not going to be able to make it all the way across but you make it into the center of the forest. And as you get to the center of it, you see a small lean-to shack. And within the shack, you see a table, and on top of the table, there's a bunch of equipment and flasks, and there are some handwritten notes and other things on the table. Silly will also dash as far as she can towards down the path the far side of the room. Rotan, run! Run from a fight? There's no fight yet. We're trying to avoid the fight. Seems like a gray area. The rest of us are running. You can do what you want. Jesus Christ, (laughs) unbelievable. So wait, as you're sprinting along the path, there is a shower of sharp needles and thorns that go shooting just over your head. And you hear them hitting through the leaves and the ground on the other side of the path. I think she definitely does a forward roll to avoid these and then keeps running. Rotan. Will Rotan run from the fight? Let's see. Find out next time on... <laughs> uh, Rotan does not run. Okay. Good luck. <laughs> okay, so what are you going to do, Rotan? I am going to square my feet and let them come to me, whatever they are. Bring it on, woodland creatures! Hi everyone, you're listening to uh, episode 3 of season 2 of Multiclass Theater. We are still doing this. As always, we want to thank you for sticking with us. If you are liking what you're hearing, we implore you, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes or anywhere else that you can actually leave reviews. I don't really know how this stuff works. I just know that if you like us, let us know. We appreciate it. Uh, As always, we do have a uh, Patreon if... Uh, I know things are really tight now, more so than ever, but if you're liking us and you want to throw a couple of pennies our way, you know, we, we, we always would appreciate that as well. Spotify, Podchaser, other places you can leave us reviews. Yeah, definitely Podchaser, because they actually do their own algorithm and have their own charts, uh, which we would like to appear on. But we need your reviews and your ratings and your follows, and honestly, you should just check out Podchaser. It's pretty cool, and it's a good way to follow all your favorite podcasts. It still thinks I'm a robot. It still thinks you're a robot? As of like two or three weeks ago, it still thinks I'm a robot. I click on the thing saying, I'm not a robot. It says, I don't believe you. And so I can't create an account. So the the robot doesn't believe that you are not a robot. So I I, love to assume that I am, in fact, a robot, and I'm not aware of it. Because I was programmed not to believe this. That's how robots work, right? That's the only logical conclusion. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> Thank you, Podchaser, for the existential crisis. While you're leaving us a review on Podchaser, you can leave them a review on how they determine whether people are people or robots. We promise you Ames is not a robot. That we are That aware we of. know <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Adam met Ames. So, Adam, is Ames a robot? Uh, Ames is very realistic. I passed the Turing test, is what you're saying? Yes. 
Okay, so if she is a robot, she is a very well-designed and built robot. So you wouldn't know the difference anyway, so... I'm going to disagree on the well-built part. There were some flaws, but whatever. (laughs) Well, but that only makes you more human because... That's the essence of humanity, our flaws. Now you're still like the architect of the Matrix. <laughs> uh, don't even get me started on that. I, <laughs> at one point in time, I knew that entire speech. I believe it. <laughs> oh. Did we go properly off track enough for the spin roll yet? Yeah, pretty sure. Uh, yeah, I think so. We're, we're, we're on our way. The question, as you so aptly put it earlier, is choice. We had to give credit to somebody though, right? Yes, yes, uh, we did. Um, A very extra special credit uh, this week. Um, You may have noticed the starting last episode and this episode, and it's going to be next episode as well, uh, that we are in the midst of a dungeon crawl. And unlike pretty much everything else in this uh, crazy uh, world, uh, I actually didn't write this dungeon crawl. It was written by the incredible uh, Jordan Carmichael, who is on the Modified Role podcast, and he's a friend of the show, and he's written this adventure, which is available for purchase on DMs Guild, uh, should you be so inclined. Um, it's a fun adventure. Uh, to me, it kind of takes me back to sort of old school sort of first edition D&D with some of the crazy wrinkles and things that happen. Um, And you'll see that more so as we go forward. Uh, We haven't even gotten to my favorite part of the dungeon yet. That will be next episode. So keep listening. Oh, you're making it wait two weeks for the the awesome finale? (laughs) Well, otherwise the episode would be like two and a half hours long and... Nobody wants to hear us for two and a half hours. No, no. I don't even want to hear us for two and a half hours. So, I mean, that's really the only thanks I have this week, I think. I mean, thank you for everybody who's listening. We love you. And donating. If you are on Patreon and still supporting us, we do appreciate it. Yes, yes, we do. To all of our Patreon uh, patrons. Patrons. Yes. We we thank you very much for your generosity. Uh, As Mike said earlier, we know that things are tight. And that money's tight. And we appreciate you, you know, supporting us in any way you can. And our non-patrons. We like our listeners, too. Yes. We love our listeners. And, you know, if you like what you're hearing and you enjoy it, share it with your friends. Share it with your enemies. Share it with everybody. Pets. We love pets. As long as your pets have their own account and can download, we're good. Yes. And leave reviews. Like, I think we're very cat-friendly. Um, so cats, I think, would dig us. Sometimes we mock our cat. I'm not sure how much they appreciate that. True, but we also make cat jokes, and there's an episode devoted to cats. And Yeah. We're pro-cat. Not that we're anti-dog. I, I do want to meet the dog Sith patron at some point. Is there? Now that... I don't know my... I believe it's canon that there's a dog Sith patron. I, I don't know my, my, my Celtic mythology well. Is there... Celtic Schmeltic, you, you mentioned a dog Sith on an episode, therefore he exists. This is true. <laughs> I mentioned? Do they live together? Cat Sith and dog Sith. Ooh, Ooh, there's an idea. There's an idea. Maybe Cat Sith and dog Sith are a couple. Ooh, forbidden love. Or... See, now I'm just picturing cat dog. <laughs> 
I mean, that's a take two. They probably argue about uh, tail signals all the time. No, that's not what that means. All right, we've rambled enough. <laughs> we cannot focus enough to make a two-minute-long piece of audio. Yeah, no, because we don't. We don't. This is what happens when we don't script things in advance. All right, we're scripting. No, that's the fun. That's the joy. All right. All right. Well, thank you all. Back to the show, everyone. <laughs> did I just close it out? I guess. Although I did. Yeah. Sure. Bye. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> thank you all. <laughs> Figure it out in editing. <laughs> You see there's six small, almost what looks like bushes or shrubbery, which have this vaguely humanoid form that are marching towards you. You see coming also out of the trees, there are six almost what look like snakes, but they're actually vines that are slithering around the branches also coming towards you. Be ye friend or foe? (laughs) They do not respond. Well, they're trying to give you a hug, so I'm going to go with a uh, friend. I will be back. Uh, Rotan's going to go back through the door, and he's going to head down the stairs to the previous room. All of a sudden, you hear a cry from the bushes. Help! Help! I, I can't move my feet! Silly oh. so groans loudly, and then runs towards the general direction of Trevor's voice. She will start slashing. Okay. Uh, 22. That will hit. And since Trevor is in within five feet of these vines... Twelve damage. You hit it uh, hard and slice away some of the vines, freeing him somewhat, but he's still entangled. Bonus attack. Keep on slashing. And that's a a nine to hit on the bonus attack. That will miss. Hold on, Trevor. I'll get you out. Trevor is going to try to swing at the vines. He tries to swing and hit them, but his arm is partially entangled and he can't get a full swing. Silway, while you're trying to free Trevor... Another shower of needles comes flying through the woods at you. One of them catches you in the shoulder, doing seven points of damage, and it is very painful. I want to improvise a torch. There are torches lining the walls. You could just take one. Oh, yeah, I'll take one. Is it lit? It is lit. Okay, easily enough. I'll uh, take it and go back up the stairs. Rotom thinks it's improvising because he didn't bring the torch with him. (laughs) (laughs) I swear, if Rotan burns down a second tower... With us in it this time. Rotan, you get back up to the door at the top, and next turn you'll be back in the forest room. I'm trying to decide. Do I rush back in, or do I rush to the far side? Beast, help, help. Yeah, fine, the kid's in trouble. We will reverse gears and go and run back to try and help Trevor and Silway. Uh, How far are they from me? You could get within range of an Eldritch Blast. They're about 60 feet away from you. We'll run back and start blasting things indiscriminately. Things being Trevor wrapped in mind. You see on the edge of the path, you see a collection of humanoid-looking tree creatures, maybe five or six feet in height, covered in spines that they seem to be in process of hurling into the forest at you're guessing where Trevor and Silway are. Hey, um, could you guys not do that instead of do that? A few of them turn your direction. <laughs> not not looking for a fight here. Is that all you're going to do is try to talk to them? Well, I'll at least make an attempt at persuading them. Yeah, they don't seem to be the conversational type. Let's talk. We're killed. Well, I mean, the note said that they were sentient and, you know, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt here, but... I mean, maybe if you were a druid, but... Ah, speak with plant. Right. Not a spell I have. 
Well, then, um, how many, how many are looking at me now? Three of them are looking at you. Three of them are looking into the forest. All right, well, I'll just pick one of them and zap it like I do. Um, ugh. does a 15 hit? Yes, it does. Okay, so then a 16 hits as well, and that is 23 force damage into uh, one of them. Both bolts slam into one of the creatures, and you kill it. Feel free to describe how you do so. The, the creature goes rigid for a moment, and then just slowly tips over and falls to the ground. Like a tree falling in the forest? Yes. Except I was here to hear it. And cause it. Timber! Yeah, it's obvious, but whatever. She is still uh, frantically slashing at all the vines, trying to help Trevor as fast as possible. 20. That will hit. I'm not sure how sneak attack works on a vine, but I'm getting it anyways. Arr, that's terrible. Nine damage. You slice it some more. You almost have Trevor freed, but not quite. Well then, bonus attack. Crit fail. I stab Trevor in the throat. <laughs> Killing him instantly. <laughs> no, crit fail, though. You stab with your offhand dagger, and your hand gets a little entangled in the vines itself, and it forces you to drop the dagger. Oh, if only she had spare daggers. <laughs> Trevor again tries to swing with his club, but his arm is still too trapped, and he misses again. Uh, Roton's going to walk back through the door and head down the path looking for trouble. You open the door, and standing there, you see the six small shrubbery creatures standing in front of you. Hello! Uh, and I brandish the torch at them. You brandish the torch and they shrink back away from it. That's right! Don't mess with a roton or you'll get it! You'll get this this fire! And, uh, and I'm gonna try and maneuver through them down the trail. Give me a dexterity check. <laughs> uh, <laughs> a dexterity check? Uh, four. You awkwardly turn around and wave the torch at them, and... <laughs> Something hits me. <laughs> no, nothing okay. Nothing hits you. Nothing hits you. You're you're fine. <laughs> you're all fine here. The, um, the ten that have come out of the woods behind me, all like... <laughs> no, so the six in front of you are staying back. As you move down the path, they are following you just out of range. So they're about ten feet away from you. You keep moving, so you get about halfway to where Trevor and Silway are in the woods, and where those creatures are trying to shoot them. Mist, two of the creatures that are facing you fire barbs out at you, and one of them you manage to step aside, but as you're doing so, the other one catches you in the forearm, doing six points of damage. Ow. Also, that's fair. <laughs> and then the other ones shoot barbs into the woods towards Silway and Trevor, but they all fail to connect. Mist, give me a perception check. 22. You see snaking up along the tree line on your left-hand side is a vine slowly slithering towards you. You think in another round it will be to where you are. Okay. I'm going to start moving away from where the vine is slithering at me. Rather than do this as sort of like the double-barreled shotgun approach, we're going to switch to single fire and blast one of the things. Well, one of the... Uh, one of the tr the tree dude that shot me that actually hit me. I'm gonna blast him. Okay. Deliver one elder's blast to him. Okay. For eleven force damage. So you hit, and that's enough to drop him. Good. I'll use my other ray on the other one that's shooting at me. That is a fifteen to hit. That will hit. 
and another 11 uh, force damage. And that drops the other one. Boom, boom. So there were three of those creatures left. Continue the assault. Uh, 19. Okay, that hits. So sneak attack in 19 damage. You are able to slice the vine and it stops moving. And the remaining vines that are entangling Trevor fall to the ground. I'm picturing her slashing wildly and getting very close to Trevor's ears and making him very nervous in this whole process. All right, then she will pick up her dagger that she dropped and then look around for other threats. And if they're already moved towards them. There's the three needle creatures that have been firing things at you. She will head towards those. Trevor is going to follow up alongside Silway. Trevor cracks one of those creatures and splits most of the upper part of the creature off. It doesn't quite split in half, but it splits down to about the waist, as if you were chopping into a log. It's just teetering there on its feet. Not dead, but not looking good. Uh, I want to keep moving forward, and, um, and can I see these, uh, these humanoid creatures? Yes. Uh, I want to brandish the torch at them. They do not seem to react to the fire. Stop! Stop attacking my friends! Two of them turn around towards you, Rotan, and they do not appear to be backing off. You have the six shrub-like creatures behind you slash in front of you that you're waving the torch at. And then on the other side of you, you have the two or the three needle creatures. They're not backing off? The needle creatures? No. Uh, I am going to be wielding the torch in my right hand and my hammer on my left, and I'm going to attack one of the needle creatures with the torch. So that'll be 20. 20 to hit. So how exactly are you attacking with the torch? Like like a club, or are you jabbing at it? Yeah, uh, so I'm thinking sort of similar to, yeah, a club or a hammer. I'm picturing Aragorn fighting the ring race. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I was picturing, yeah. too. Yep. Um, okay, so uh, roll roll damage. We'll call it, because it's sort of club-like, we'll do call it 1d6. That is a 9. You turn and you club it hard with the torch and the combination of the force of your blow and the fire does a significant amount of damage to the needle creature and it actually catches it on fire but it doesn't bring it down so it's burning slightly it looks like it has fiery red hair now cool uh i want to attack the other one with my second attack okay uh also with the torch that's a 13 that will hit uh five damage You club this one, but it doesn't quite catch on fire. Rotan, as you swing the torch and connect with the two creatures, the six bush creatures that you were keeping at bay with the torch see their moment and rush at you. Ah, and I am holding fire. Yes, but not at at them. A forest fire would be very on brand right now. (laughs) Brand. Uh, I think I just keep envisioning (laughs) the They keep on envisioning them as like a swarming creature. Like <laughs> when they attack, they're just gonna like climb all over me. <laughs> they surround you and they start scratching at you with these very small but very sharp little hands. And two of them hit you. Ooh, they hit you well for eight points of damage. Oh man! Like they catch your like you on the hands and like the wrists. 
They drop needles into my shoes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Darn it! Ah! As you're on your follow-through with the torch, it scratches you in the face. This is the worst! I'm going to send one bolt at each of the ones that look like they could be taken out very easily. Will a 14 hit? Yes. Okay. One of them takes 12, the other takes 6. You hit both of them, and they both go down. You can describe that if you want. The one that's facing Trevor, I think... Trevor just sees all of a sudden this blast come out of nowhere and um, knock this thing to the side. And Proton probably doesn't even notice that one just drops kind of right beside him. One of them hits the one that Trevor's fighting and it completes the split and it just splits in two and falls over. And then the other blast follows right behind it and hits the one behind it that was fighting Roton. And it just falls over. But Rotan is being swarmed by bushes and doesn't really notice. Come on, guys. We gotta finish this fight up. Chop, chop. Well, I think she's gonna go into throwing knife mode and just, like, start whipping throwing daggers at, uh, at Rotan. Or, you know, the things that are on Rotan. I mean, tomato, tomato. Uh, ooh, she rolled a two. You're lucky. Um, <laughs> eight total. Why she would throw it at Rotan. So, one dagger nearly stabs Rotan in the back, and then the other dagger, twelve. Does twelve hit? No, it misses. Also nearly stabs Rotan in the back. So the two daggers go sailing just wide of the little bushes. One of them almost catching Rotan in the nose. And she will groan loudly and run towards Rotan in his melee. Trevor is going to take a swing at the needle creature that is that is fighting Rotan. Ooh, he hits. You see Trevor step up and with two hands on his club, brings it down hard into the neck of this tree creature and you hear a loud crack and then it falls to the ground way to go trevor trevor is on the board <laughs> uh i want to attack one of the spine creatures again they're gone oh, they're all three gone. of them are dead yeah trevor just took out the last one so it's just the six little shrubs that are at your feet i want to kick one of them uh, <laughs> as my first attack <laughs> that is a 22 to kick <laughs> That will hit. <laughs> is this a d4? Unarmed strike is one damage plus your modifier, so one plus strength. Cool. We can't uh, treat my uh, <laughs> treat my foot as a blunt object. No. Uh, cool. Uh, that is gonna. Ooh, that's a. Uh, I rolled a four, so that's seven kicking damage. No, I think it's just one. It's just one point of damage, right? Yeah, one point of damage. Yeah, it's not 1d4 unless you oh. have like either the brawler skill or you're a monk. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, my my foot is not an improvised weapon. <laughs> no. Uh, cool. Uh, so four total. You kick one of the little tree creatures, and it goes flying across the path, and falls to the ground and does not move anymore. I'll attack with the torch on my second attack. Uh, that is a natural one. <laughs> You go to attack with the torch, and you swing it, and following your multiple strikes on the needle creatures, as you swing it, the flame goes out. Oh! So you miss oh. the shrub creature, Okay. and now you're just left holding a stick. <laughs> Beats being baked in my own armor, though. So it is now the twig creatures. So they, they, they're still swinging at you and scratching at you, Rotan. Finally, the last one scratches you again, doing four points of damage. Stick some of those burrs on me. Ugh, I hate those. Suddenly behind you, 
you feel something start to snake around your legs. And you take nine points of damage. Did it attack me? And it ensnared you, and it's constricting you. Yeah, we'll try and pick off two different shrubberies. Ooh, will a 12 hit? On the shrubberies? No, it misses. Uh, will a 16 hit? Yes. Okay, uh, one of them takes 12 force damage. It explodes into a shower of kindling. Like a tumbleweed getting hit by a car. Poof. I know one of the snaky things was one of the vines was snaking towards me. I want to make sure I'm keeping that thing at bay. Just it's still moving towards you, but it's probably about twenty feet away at this point. I'll you know just sidestep a bit further just to keep it over there. Okay. Kind of circle around. Now she will slash the thing around her ankles for seventeen. That will hit. And is there anyone within five feet of me? Yes, Rotan is. Uh, nine damage to it. You cut some of it away, but it's still uh, entangling you. Offhand attack. Critical failure on the offhand attack. <laughs> and once again, your dagger falls into the brush. I'm almost down to have as many daggers as I normally have. Trevor, seeing that you are entangled, lets out a shout. Silway! Turns and swings at the vine. And misses. Thankfully, he did not hit you. That's good. <laughs> Uh, I want to swap hammers, or swap my hammer to my primary hand, and I will attack. 22. That will hit. 8 damage. Another one is gone. And I'll make my second attack on another one. 10 damage. Or 10. 10 to hit. 10 will miss. There are two of the little shrubbery creatures left, and there is a vine around Silway's legs. And, Rotan, you feel something creep between your legs. Ooh. And you look down and see a green vine trying to entangle you, but you step nimbly away from it. The first nimble thing Rotan's done in his life. Well, it's kind of like stepping over a limp garden hose, <laughs> but you know. Nimble. No, you, you did, said you it. Did it you nimbly. said it. You said it. <laughs> it's true. Don't take this away from me. So wait, the line around you is trying to constrict you, but your armor is not letting it. But you're still grappled. Glad I bought that better armor. Two more Eldritch Blast. A 19, or sorry, a 27 to hit and a 14 to hit. Both of those will hit. Uh, both of them take 10 force damage. And both of them are dead. Poof, poof. You st- get off my legs. For 21. That will hit. Uh, 9, 13 damage. You slice most of it away. It's barely hanging on by just a fibrous thread of vine. And she's kicking her foot and kicking at it and just getting really desperate, so... And then offhand attack with her other dagger. Okay. Uh, ten. So you're trying to pull your other dagger out of its secluded spot, and you can't quite get it out cleanly, and you miss. Okay. She's very annoyed, but she's but Trevor is there, and he's going to try to free you. Ooh, and Trevor hits. Go, Trevor, go. He swings down on it as if pounding something on the ground and flattens the vine. It goes limp and releases you. During all this struggle, she was like kind of pulled onto, onto a seating position. And then once Trevor frees her, she like reaches up and tries to pull herself to her feet using his... If he offers her a hand or something or putting her hand on his shoulder, Trevor helps her get up. He's so happy. I just try to make the guy's day once in a while. 
honestly, surviving this will make his day, because he's gotten lucky so far. I, I'm surprised he's still alive. That brings us to the vine that is going to try to grapple Rotonic, and it misses again. I'm going to turn to the thing that's snaking at me. Okay. And I'm going to discourage it. Okay. <laughs> by, by which I mean I'm going to shoot it with Eldritch Blast. Oh, so that's the harsh glare. Speak softly and carry a big stick. Speak softly and blast the big sticks. Ooh, that one is probably not going to hit. And a uh, 10 probably does not connect. It does not. Uh, but a 22? Yes, that will hit. That will be 7 force damage at this little vine. You hit it, but it does not seem to be discouraged in the slightest. Does it look like it was affected at all? Well, yeah, you damaged it, but it's continuing moving towards you. Since Rotan's already near me, I'm going to slash at that one. Uh, 18. That will hit. And is there is Rotan near this vine still? Yes, it's practically between his legs. 12 damage to it. I think she's throwing daggers between Rotan's legs. You did a fair amount of damage to it, but it's still trying to entangle him. Okay, so she's throwing a second dagger between his legs. Please roll a one. Please roll a one. I rolled a two. So close. You're so lucky, Rotan. So she slings a dagger, Rotan, and it comes sailing between your legs. Entirely too close for comfort. Oh, I'm sure he's well armored down there. Uh, draw my other hammer, and let's see if we can finish these things off. First attack, uh, 24. That will hit. 10 damage. Offhand. <laughs> 8. That misses. Second attack. 25. That will hit. Nine. You are able to kill it. Rotan yells four, and and, and just swings and uh and sends it off into the woods somewhere. You hit this ropey vine back oh, across vine. the road. <laughs> That's right. It's a vine, yeah. <laughs> uh... Back across the road, and it lands limply on the other side of the road. Cool. Good. Nice save. Thank you. <laughs> Um, miss, look out behind you! You look back over your shoulder, and you see another vine has been creeping up on you. Oh, this one has a good stealth check, then. How close is the one behind me? It's about ten feet away, so next turn it will be in range. Okay. I'm going to turn towards the one that is ten feet away from me. Okay. I'm going to step laterally so that... So if they're coming at me from opposite directions, and I'm going to move at a 90-degree angle to them. And I will blast the one that's creeping up on me. Um, I'm going to throw one Eldritch Blast at it, one of my rays at it, um, and connect for 13 force damage. Okay. Still moving? Still moving. Second ray connects for uh, 10 force damage. You hit it hard. It looks pretty beat up, but it's still slithering towards you. My hat is off to you. I am impressed. Well, not literally off because my hat, but you get the idea. Silway. So you see Mist in the center of the clearing near the shack, flinging Eldridge bolts at what looks like something on the ground. Are they within five feet of him? No. Right. And she will use Tides of Chaos and then fling a dagger toward that thing. Oh, that was a one. The other dice is a seven. That's much better. Uh, so 14. You hit. And sneak attack. This has got advantage. 10, 14 damage. You fling a dagger at it, and it catches the vine towards the head of the vine and impales the vine in the ground. It's still wiggling, but it seems to be stuck. He's found the two daggers remaining, so I think she'll throw one of them at it. Okay. Uh, 15. That will hit. And 
four damage. You hit it, but not as squarely. It's still wiggling there on the ground. So she don't, she only has one dagger remaining on her person, and she's holding it in her hand. So. Just her, the magic dagger. Just the magic dagger. Uh, I attack. 17. That will hit. Uh, 10 damage. It is flailing around ever so slightly, guessing one more hit will finish it off. 16. And that will do it. There's a squishing sound. Yes, and it just explodes in a puddle of green goo. And then, uh, is there anything else within arm's reach? <laughs> no, not within arm's reach. <laughs> okay. Can I move to something that's within arm's reach? You can move closer to Mist, but you're not going to be able to attack it this turn. I'll move towards Mist. Trevor is just going to run to try to catch up with you all. The vine is inching closer to you, Mist, but it's quite a bit slower than you are, so you can easily stay out of range. Yeah, I'm going to do that and blast it. Both rays hit for 21 force damage. That's easily enough to kill the vine. Thank you very much. Nothing else is coming at you. There is a lovely smell of burnt cedar filling the grove. As you are sifting through the debris and Silway, you're gathering up your daggers. You notice a figure emerge from the tree line on the opposite side of the clearing. He seems to be a very plainly dressed man wearing overalls. And he's got what looks like a hayseed in one corner of his mouth. And as you get closer, you see he has a very weathered face, as if he spends a lot of time outdoors. He holds his hand up to you, and he says, Howdy! How y'all doing? Hello, good sir. He ambles across the clearing towards you. Well, what can I do you for? Did you know you're in some kind of illusion and or dream? Well, I don't think I'm in either of those. This is this is my forest. I take care of it. Ah. Does that include, like, all the um, vines and projectile-based creatures? Well, you know, Forrest does a pretty good job of defending itself, but, you know, I'm here to kind of tend it and shape it, make sure it grows upright. <laughs> so, uh, are we cool? Like, purely self-defense thing here. You know, I don't know. What what y'all here for? Where is here exactly? Well, you're in, you're in the tower. I think you know that. Okay, I just wasn't sure if you were really in the tower or not. God damn it, did I take his accent? <laughs> Honey, I know where I am. This is my home. <laughs> I don't think you know where you are. Ah, are we dead? Oh, heaven forfail, no you are not. Are you dead? (laughs) No, I am not. Ah, interesting. Are you aware that the wizard who created this tower is dead? You see his face false. What? Uh, what, I'm... Braun, Braun's, Braun's dead? I think so. It's been a while since we talked to Mugby, but I'm pretty sure that's what he said. Um... He puts his forehead in his hand. The news obviously has struck him hard. (sighs) Well, wow, that is that is terrible news. I'm I'm sure it is. Um, how how do we get out of here? Well, um, I'm sorry. I just I need a moment here. He was a good man. We don't have a moment. Come on, somebody has no patience for this guy. I'm sorry, young lady, you mind your tone. A great and honorable man has passed on, and you will show him the respect he deserves. Who is he? Why, why should I show him respect? Because he's a very bright, honest, intelligent, and good man. Tell us of his deeds. Well, he once was a court wizard of, uh, oh, you know, uh, what's that town over there? The big one? The new one. Nightfall. 
Uh, no, I think it was uh, the the Roth one. Oh. He was a court wizard for a while, served the former king before the queen came along and retired to this tower. Well, you know, it's always been his tower, but kind of retired out here and, well, been with him a long time here. Which king was he? Did he serve? I know you had a list. I do have a list, <laughs> but I don't have it open. I don't have it memorized. Hold on. But it's the current one. See, that's the uh, relevant question. Uh, no, he's not not the not the current one because the current one is a queen. Randy, or Roger, Roderick. Um, King King Justin. That's who he served. King Justin. History check to see if I recognize that king. Uh, nineteen. Yeah, you do. He was the king prior to Rosalind, who is the current queen. And how long has Rosalind been queen? Rosalind's been queen for almost 25 years now. She's reigned for a while. Okay, so he retired a while ago, but not like an unnaturally long time ago. Correct. Okay. So he's been here a while then? Well, yeah, he's been here a while, but he's he was a good man. He's a very good man. Did he ever talk about a man named Mugby? Oh, I'm sure he did. I don't remember the name. Let me think. Mugby. Mugby. Um, oh yeah, little man. Weird hair. Yeah, he talked about him a lot. What kind of things did he say? Well, you know, they were, they were, I guess, friends, but also sort of rivals and such. You know how those wizards are, especially those who are researching something or other, and they're trying to be the first to discover something. You know, they're, they're competitive. So I gather, I gather these two had that sort of relationship. They were researching something? Well, yeah, that's that's what, what his passion was. What did he research? Well, here he researched life. He was he was curious about these plants and what made them move and think. Do you know what else? Um, well, he sure, he researched other things on other floors, but here, eh, that's all I know about. I, I mostly stick to the forest, you know. Do you ever leave the tower? Do I ever leave the tower? Well... I suppose I do. Guess it's been a while. I'm not even sure what year it is. What year is it? History check. What year is it? <laughs> you could make your history check and see if you know. I'm pretty sure I know what year it is without a history check. It is this year. <laughs> well, 18. like, okay, no, but I'm saying, which, would you know what year it is in Rothian history as opposed to Tyran history? Night, Nightfall uses Rothian history about half okay, the time, doesn't it? You know it, it yeah. is the year 323. It's, a, it's 323. Oh, oh, wow. Guess I haven't been out here in a while. Probably been 20 years. It is quite a while. Yeah, it's more or less. Not really. Depends on your perspective. You might want to get out more. Well, I probably will now. You know, if Braun is gone, I mean... I don't know why I bother hanging around here any. That is powerfully devastating news. I'm sure it is. She starts looking around like where to go next. Does not care about this guy's brief at all. Why were you here? Like, I mean, I appreciate the news, but why why did you come here? Why did we come here? She looks at the other two. Uh, because a uh, friend of Master Creel um, asked us if we would see about Master Krill's research notes that they had been working on something together and he wanted to continue the work in his memory. Yes. The friend's name is Mugby. Oh, this is that Mugby fellow that you were uh, just talking about, but well, I guess it's, since he's gone, I don't see any harm in, in letting you get this, uh, his research. I think you'll find it upstairs. Just go through and he snaps his fingers. And the doors opposite the ones you came in open. Just over yonder, up there. Well, that seems easy. Wait a second. 
Is he trapped? Do you need to watch out for things up there? I can't say I've been up there. Hmm. So we start to head in that direction. What will you do now, my good man? I don't know. Probably go see what's going on in the world. Ah, that seems worthwhile. Yeah, reckon so. Well, good luck to you. Good luck to you, and and thank you again for for letting me know that. It's um, I appreciate it. Okay, well then, uh, farewell. Good luck. Yes. Good luck to you as well. Trevor already took off to catch up to Selway. Yeah, Rotan will follow. He's like all the way down the road by now. <laughs> Didn't even say goodbye to the guy. So were those your research notes and, and things in the middle of the... Uh, no. Those are bronze readings and, and notes and such. I, I don't have much use for them. So would you mind if I... Sure. Help yourself. Wonderful. So you take a stack of notes. I think I'd go to catch up with everyone else. I'd like each of you to make a perception check. 21. 17. 24. As you're walking back towards the door, all three of you hazard to look back over your shoulders, and you see the man that you were talking to suddenly begin to change, and you see him turn into a large serpent with brilliant, colorful wings. He begins to flap them, and he flies off into the sky. We need to get out of this place as fast as possible. You don't see that every day. Will the party pursue new careers as landscapers? Will we get to see that groundskeeper again? He seemed cool. Will the loot be worth it? Find out next time on Multiclass Theater. Thank you.